Nine. Blunt. Rook had long practiced the means to observe without looking. There was one man amongst the spectators whom the madam and her female cohorts avoided. He was Asian with a European build, and he sat at his table drinking baijiu and rolling a cigarette. He took out a small vial of oil and with a brush swabbed the rolling paper down. He neatly tucked the vial away, pushed in the tobacco, and machine-rolled the cigarette. Rook listened to the Chinese pop music, a flutter of synthesized strings and flutes, but he still heard the Asian-European man light a match. The lights came up in the pool with the change in music. A lithe Chinese woman was revealed lying on her stomach and on the back of a seven-foot-long crocodile. After the sulfuric bite of the match faded, Rook smelled the unmistakable odor of hash. Rook tightened his focus on the female performer who was encrusted in ornamental orange gems. If those are real sapphires, he thought, then she's the most valuable woman in Chinatown. Rook felt an immediate lust for her. Even her face was encrusted, even her lips. The gems adhered to her body in a pattern suggesting she was also a crocodile or a goddess of crocodiles. She and the unmoving crocodile lay on a small concrete island in the center of the pool. The music came to a lull, and the man smoking the hash blunt stood. The performer raised herself and flipped. She held up her right palm. Around her fingers was a series of white metal rings that looked not unlike brass knuckles, minus the brass. A small metal cable, as fine as fishing line, shot from the rings like a firecracker. The hash smoker caught the cable end seemingly by magic, but probably, Rook inferred, by a kind of programmed magnet. The man whipped out a hundred-dollar bill and attached it to the small wire cable that spanned from his hand down to the performer in the ring. He let the bill go, and it zoomed, retracting down into the pool, straight into the performer's palm. She unclipped the money from the cable and waved it with a flourish. The crowd erupted into applause. She flexed the platinum knuckles, triggering an explosion of cables into the audience. Visually, as the metal smeared, it looked like a water fountain. Choreographed, the women working the audience 
caught the ends of the cables and wasted not a moment soliciting. The madam was one of them. Right away, she was again tugging at Brooke's sleeve. In one hand, she held a cable. In the other, a shot of bijou. She set the bijou on his table, and from her red gown, she produced a paper $100 bill. Money for sale, she explained, and waved to where the performer was now taking the initial $100 bill into her mouth. Glancing around at the dozen women who had magnetically caught the fine cables, Rook thought, they look like kites. Down in the pool, the orange-encrusted goddess seemed to be flying the lady kites. Slowly, she sank to her knees, then erotically languished onto her belly. She was face to face with the green beast, whose daggery seventy-some teeth menaced behind slit pupils in golden eyes. She brushed at the nostrils of the crocodile with the first hundred-dollar bill clenched in her teeth. Mesmerized, the crocodile yawned, revealing its thick, white, yellow tongue. Inching her face inside the clutch of the jaws, she gently blew the bill out of her mouth into its. Money for sale, the madam intoned, and Rook saw he was not the only one being urged to buy. The women were working the whole crowd. Rook watched as another man swiped his quantum currency through a slot on his table, buying an old cash hundred-dollar bill. The man was already drunk, and his female sales lady had to clip the money onto the cable for him. He hooted as the bill shot down into the pool and landed in the performer's palm. Rook removed his quantum currency from his wallet. He had cloned it with the dead man's history earlier in the day. If the Marco Polo Crocodile Wrestling Club wanted to know in the next few hours who had been sitting at table seven, they would find out he was twelve feet under, just a name on a tombstone. It was hard to tell who wanted to know what, and best to assume someone always wanted to know everything. During an investigation, Rook left a manic trail behind every purchase, just in case someone suspected him of something. He swiped his quantum currency through the slot in his table. The slot emitted a stream of photons, which made the plastic card flash briefly. Possessing quantum memory, a memory literally entangled with the holograph embedded in the card, the photons immediately transmitted to Federal Reserve servers. The madam smiled knowing she had bagged a sale. The display 
in the opalescent table showed he was being charged exactly one hundred dollars for one hundred dollars. The madam handed him the paper money after the sale flashed an authorization. Rook peered at the hundred dollar bill. It looked real and felt real, like cotton. Out in the pool, the performer inched her face into the crocodile's open mouth and dropped the second bill in. The audience responded with uniform bursts of laughter and applause. The performer stood up, and Rook noticed the madam gave a signal to her before prompting Rook to send the money down. Rook felt the eyes of the Asian-European man on him as he clipped the bill onto the cable, and he purposefully angled his body so the man would see at best his silhouette. He let it go, and the bill zoomed down into the ring where the performer deftly snatched it. At his side, the madam cheered Rook on and pushed the baiju toward his lips. He chuckled, seemingly loosening up as he knocked the nasty liquor back. His face contorted as he exhaled the fumes, and he gave the madam a friendly squeeze. She giggled and spoke into his ear. I find you girl, you want? It was, at the very least, an exit strategy. The Asian European's eyes had shifted away from him to the next patron the moment the bill had left his hand, and Rook wanted to make sure this man, should he look this way again, saw only a shadow of whoever had been sitting at table seven. The madam indicated to him a girl would cost $500 and enticed him to swipe his currency again. Rook nodded to the performer in the ring and the giggling haggle abruptly stopped, then started again. No, no, the madam exclaimed. Not for sale. And she pointed to the women working the crowd. Rook settled on a simple, slight woman in green silk who was not too dolled up and swiped his currency again. The madam flickered away, and momentarily, Rook's date sat down next to him, close. She put her hand on his thigh. Too close, Rook thought, to the hundred-dollar bill he had just pinched from the madam's gown. More than the cold, routine sex he might have with this woman, he wanted to examine the hundred-dollar bill and see if it was real. He looked deep into her eyes and saw only the void.